Welcome to The Scoop, your weekly dose of internal talent news from here and around the globe. So grab your popcorn and open your mind as I hand you over to our anchors from Tarpod, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi everyone, welcome to The Scoop. I am Craig. And I am Lauren and I have no idea why we are talking like this. Who knows? Christ on a bike is all I've got to say. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to another week of The Scoop. And there's lots and lots of news this oh week, isn't it? Oh my God, I had to cull. Had I to had cull. to cull. There's some gossip out there. Some of it's Ooh. just making me laugh. Gossip? Okay. <laughs> laugh, laugh, laugh. And I've got none of it is any in any particular order this week either, everyone. Well, shoot off. Let's go. Let's get on to it. All right. This fabulous little headline came out of HRD this week. What are the new rules around flexible work leave? What are they? Flexible working has become so encompassed within the Australian workforce that the federal parliament has passed laws that will now consolidate that employees have more legal rights in this area. Hmm. From early June 2023, the Fair Work Act will mean that employers have increased obligations to sincerely try and accommodate flexible working arrangements. Ooh, that will be interesting, won't it? Yes. Uh, so apparently it's basically you're going to have to go through your policies and procedures, everyone. The employment lawyers will be happy. <laughs> oh, fair work are going to go to town. It's going to be you. amazing. Money maker for the lawyers. Hey, Lauren, we've all heard about the great resignation, but wait for it. Welcome to the big stay. <laughs> Due to a number of factors, less job... I love a bit of media hype here. (laughs) Isn't it? Due to a number of factors, less job openings, salary stabilising, and a little surprisingly, companies are actually doing a better job looking after their staff and changes to workplace law have resulted in less people leaving their jobs. It's all about internal mobility. Isn't it? Unleash reports that although we are seeing return to more normalised levels, the concept of the big stay is a big pile of shit. Um, (laughs) Labor economist Andrew Flowers from Apcar says, I do not expect the big stay to happen unless there is a deep and dark recession but so far the economy is holding up quite well and i expect quit rates to normalize but not I quater i think that they're onto something because in, look, i'm going to relate this back to my sector because that's all i know right mm-hmm. tech okay so in the tech sector we saw salaries um in the last 18 months or not the last six months but 18 months prior go through the freaking roof yep. and people have taken massive bumps and obviously hence the redundancies they're trying to normalize and stabilize but you've also got these people who are on 20k more than what they were two mm-hmm. years earlier so they've got a nice big bump and everyone leaves wanting a bit of a bump and unfortunately, those they're bumps not are not there. They're not, happy. they're not there. They're, so if you're leaving, you it's it's not going to be about the bump and the money. It's got to no. be other reasons. So it's really instead of being the big state, it's really the big normal. We're back to pre-pandemic. Yeah, it's just leveling out yeah. now. So I think if you're going to leave jobs, I'm finding that in that two year cycle, when the tech guys get up and leave and change jobs, they're just not getting the bumps. Mm. It's just not going to happen. I'm afraid. A few. But not many. What do you got next? All right. Is swearing acceptable in the workplace? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's a HRD one. So anyway, there came down to it that there was a fair work thing, a guy swearing at work and he was uh, <sighs> doing the wrong thing. But it wasn't just swearing. He was actually sexually harassing. So Well, that's a bit different. It's all about the verbiage anyway. But uh, it comes down to that there are no hard and fast rules about swearing in an office and no laws that deal specifically with swearing. And th- they're not going to bring them in though, are they? Nah. God. Whether swearing is tolerable in an office environment is largely a matter of context and circumstance. That's coming from Ethan Bourne, 
special counsel at Home Web Lawyers. So the Fair Work Commission Deputy President was satisfied that the words were said by this person uh, <laughs> that fell within the definition of sexual harassment. So oh. while swearing in the workplace may or may not be com- commonplace, the words used were far beyond simply swearing. Jeez. So, so hey, it go. doesn't get any easier for HR people, does it? Oh, fuck How no. do they work it out? No, 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 no. Hey, Loz, another one. Do AI chatbots make it easier for employees to secretly hold multiple jobs? Ooh. This is from HR Daily. Outsourcing and improved technology have long been used by employers to cut costs and boost productivity, but employees have also gotten into the act in recent years albeit without the consent or even knowledge of their employers. For example, in 2013, a US developer in his 40s was terminated after his employer discovered that he was working for a Chinese consulting firm at the same time and was suspected he was had multiple arrangements going on. In a survey by job site Monster earlier this year, 37%, clock, clock that, 37% of respondents said they had more than one full-time job. <laughs> Jeepers, yeah. So um, it's um it's interesting because you're yeah. beginning to see in the contracts that are coming out with candidates now too about um, the non, I don't know, for want of a better word, I'm going to say solicitation, but I don't know why that <laughs> word came into my head. But anyway, um, but not not working for other companies simultaneously, not mm. being a business owner, and some of those things are coming through. So it's uh, I think some of it's a case by case basis. Um, well, they're saying here that um, AI like like chatbots like ChatGPT and others that allow ooh. people like developers to maybe write code um, a lot simpler. That it's really making well, while it easier. We're on the ChatGPT, I'm going to go with one here. Now, this headline grabbed me out of the Wall Street Journal this week. Mm. Has Apple banned ChatGPT for employees? Has it? Oh, I think it's a yes, coming from my opinion. Tech giant Apple is reportedly restricting employees' use of ChatGPT, joining the growing list of employers that are prohibiting staff from using AI tools. The Wall Street Journal citing an internal document reported that Apple is also telling staff to avoid using GitHub's Copilot and another AI tool co-developed with OpenAI that is used for coding. So according to the report, the ban's a result of the tech giant's oh. concern about data leak, but that everyone's concerned about data leak because it's open. It's an open AI. This is um, despite OpenAI's recent uh, introduction of a feature that will disable chat history for chat GPT and prevent the chatbot from using the conversation to train and improve its models. Or is Apple simply doing this to their employees because they're developing their own? Well, that is the other option. But also, yeah, it comes down to privacy. We've got our open AI. And I think the, the, the key word here is it is open. It is all mm. over the freaking internet. Let's talk a little bit about DEI recruitment. This is from Shortlist. Recruiters are overlooking some simple ways to make the application processes more accessible to marginalised candidates, according to representatives from four different organisations. We're only going to focus on one. At a recent event on building diversity, Sarah Bolitho highlighted a gap in the industry regarding div- hiring diverse employees. In speaking to our network and the DNI leaders that we work with, there seems to be a constant state of inertia, which we all know. Organisations are investing in DNI headcount, pulling together strategies and targets to do better, but there's just a lot of box checking overall. There's a big gap between intent and practice. We know that, don't we? Because we keep coming yep. back to, to DE&I on the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Because they get better at it, guys. Yep, totally. Anyway, Bunnings, my favourite store. 
Passes sausage sizzle agreed to trial a four day week in a landmark deal. And this is coming from the Fin Review. Uh, Bunnings reached a landmark agreement that will introduce more holidays in a four day week for thousands of its full time employees. Employees, oh gosh, I need more coffee. (laughs) In a first for the retail industry, the Shop Distributive and Allied Employees Association delegates this week backed the retail's proposal to deliver pay rises of 10.5% to 40,000 staff over three years, including 4.5% this year alone, and lift annual leave to five weeks a year. Wow. Bunnings will seek to trial different models to achieve either a four-day week or a nine-day fortnight and test what benefits are to workers. This is a good way of doing it. Well done to you, Bunnings. Well done to you. Good on you, Bunnings. Hey, a job applicant has failed to convince a tribunal that he wasn't hired because the women who interviewed him didn't like men. Oh, us awful women are women again. And at the same time, he was seeking a primary school type punishment for the alleged discrimination. The claim was not entirely vexatious, the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Tribunal accepted, but the same could not be said for the remedies the candidate sought. Specifically, he wanted both interviewers to write 10 times in red pen on white paper, I like men. He also argued he deserved higher damages for humiliation caused by the discrimination of someone who I, to whom I'm attracted. What the hell is that? What the fuck? Oh my god! Did you god. just dip into the crazy box to pull I that one out today? So. I think so. Someone has taken that all the way to the civil and administrative tribunal. That's just weird. <laughs> it is weird. Back to you. Now, this is one of my personal faves this week. Workers testing positive for marijuana use Ooh. hits a twenty-five-year-old. Hi. <laughs> HRD magazine popped this one in today. The percentage of employees testing positive for marijuana after a workplace accident has reached a 25-year high in 2022, with the positivity rate increasing by over 200% within a decade. Wow. The post-accident marijuana positivity among employees hit 7.3% in 2022, the highest since 97, according to an analysis by Quest Diagnostics of more than 9.2 million urine drug tests last year. Okay, but a lot of up. people are saying it's medicinal, right? Yes, yes, yes. This is um, this is where it comes down to. If it's the uh, <laughs> here we go with my marijuana knowledge, <laughs> I could be totally off target here. So yeah, the medical stuff um, you can trace it, mm. but it doesn't have the stoner type qualities. Right. Okay, unlike the edibles that I make. <laughs> Is that even legal? Are you dropping yourself in it here? No, it's not legal. <laughs> but anyway, that's just it, okay? But, um, yeah, so there you go. So it's remaining illegal under federal law, but with expanding legislation at state level, marijuana use is creating new challenges for employers, mm. according to Katie Mueller, a senior program manager at the National Safety Council. Well, so I think the government, state and federal need to get this shit together. This is becoming an issue. Like medical marijuana is being given out by doctors, yet if you get behind the wheel of your car, you are breaking the law. Exactly. And while, while Lauren just shuffles off for a minute to the fridge to manage her munchies, I'll give you another <laughs> article from HRD. Since the cost of living crisis, employers have been dealing with an onslaught of pay rise requests. Yes. That's just part and parcel of the job. It's less common, however, to receive pay rise requests from employees on sick leave. 
An, an IBM employee made headlines this month after he sued his employer for not raising his pay despite being on sick leave for 15 years. That's 15 years. The worker took the tech giant to court on the grounds of discrimination for refusing to hike his wage, having been on IBM's disability plan and under no obligation to work since 2013. What a fucking bludger. Oh, no. That is a classic, isn't it? That is an absolutely awful. I want more money to sit at home. Oh, my God. Like, clearly he has to do that on, on IBM's coin because he's not going to get enough from the doll office. And some people may be jumping up and down saying, hey, 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 this person might have real health issues. That's fine. But from an employer's perspective, they've still got to have the job done. So you don't want to pay – this guy wants to be – or girl wants to be paid more – for doing nothing. nothing. I'm going to find out what happened on that one. <laughs> Let's right. try. I've got a couple more to go here. New Zealand, our brothers and sisters across the ditch, Woo. are investing $1.3 billion, yeah, $1.3 billion to hike healthcare wages and recruit talent, according to HRD. But isn't $1.3 billion New Zealand dollars about 23 bucks 50 hit? <laughs> You're never getting into New Zealand, are you? Ever. The New Zealand government is earmarking an additional $1.3 billion to hike wages and recruit more talent to the country's challenging health sector. Wow. To help stabilise our workforce, we're investing $1 billion in increasing health workers' wages and boosting staff numbers with a focus on areas facing greatest demands, said the Health Minister Aisha Viral. In a statement, the budget includes $63 million funding to recruit an additional 500 new nurses into the country as well. Everyone's going on a nurse drive. Why are we not training more nurses? I'd love to hear from anyone in New Zealand who listens to explain to me, well, I think the last three or four weeks we've had three or four great news stories from New Zealand about the government investing more money. How are they affording it? Is, have taxes gone up? Can someone just let me know what's going on? Well, that's a good point. So, New Zealand listeners, will someone reach out? You know where we are on LinkedIn? Yeah. Give us a blast and fill us in. So I've got one more news piece. Um, now, businesses are blasting oh, – sorry, I'll read the headline first out of the Fin Review. Businesses blast 42% increase in work cover premiums. So uh, Uncle Dan's not too popular, which mm. does not surprise me. So they've blasted the Andrews government for what they say is a 42% increase in levies to Victoria's fundamentally broken work cover scheme with cost blowouts, mainly the result of increased mental health injury claims coming from within the public service. Wow. So, Dan, get your own house in order before yeah. you start pushing it out onto small businesses. So it means that businesses will pay an average of 1.8% remuneration under this scheme from July 1, which is up from 1.2%. Work cover premiums about 1.23% in Queensland and one48 in New South Wales, making Victoria probably the most expensive work cover in the whole country. Gee. So And it's all coming from inside the government because they've got issues. To get your own house in, in order, mate, it's all I have to say. Lauren, events. Craig. Events. Do you want to go first? Have you just thrown away your event sheet? No, I haven't. I've got it right here. Beautiful. So, events. Righto. Tomorrow, the 25th of May. Yeah. 
We've got the Sydney recruiter meetup. Woo, can't wait. We'll be we there. We will be there. Can't wait. We can't will wait. be there. And Christchurch over in New Zealand have got theirs on the same day. Christ. So jump on meetup.com and have and register for the Christchurch one. I'm not sure if there are any spaces left for Sydney. I'm not sure you can get to both either. No, I don't think getting to both is going to be timely for mm-hmm. you. But good old New Zealand are back up and running. Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch have all got meetups going. Um, so that's fantastic. Sydney, we will see you you tomorrow but also on the 8th of june 8th of june not july like i said last week (laughs) it's june (laughs) bris vegas have got their first meetup where we're actually going to do some meetup activities instead of just get drunk oh wow 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 have we got a venue uh, that's all coming out in the next 24 hours (laughs) and we've managed to get job adder as the sponsor for the brizzy one so excellent well done job adder um, and it's all going to be on like Donkey Kong. For me, I was not going to talk about ATC, but I literally got an email 35 seconds ago from Joe Volden. So I better Joe's mention this. reading your mind. She must be. So ATC Events and Media, register for the State of the of TA webinar, which is 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on next Tuesday, the 30th of May. So jump on their website to register for that. Get around it. Also... Um, the ITAS nominations <gasps> are closing in less than two weeks, 4th of June. June. So all I can say is jump on the website and get nominating. Please My God, we've got out. some good submissions in too. We have, we have. But we'd love more because we want to recognise or at least hear about every good thing that's going on across oh, the country. Oh, please. And, and just don't just limit ourselves. We've got Adelaide, you've got Perth, we've got regional areas. Exactly. We've got everyone out there, Bris Vegas. We've yeah. got New Zealand. So get around Everyone, it. get involved. Even if it's in your out-of-work time, make sure you put a submission And together. honestly, nominate yourself. You can't go past that, people. Mm. Lauren's nominated herself for every award, but she's ineligible. <laughs> Said who? <laughs> Said me. All right. And that from me, that's a goodbye for this week. And it's a goodbye from me. So stay classy, Karen Doda. Karen Doda. Woo!